This is a podcast for the creative misfits, the right brain, rogue, or rebellious creatives who don't want to do work and life the way we've been told we have to. It's for anyone who has felt a sense of dissatisfaction with their career or with corporate BS. It's for anyone who has struggled and wanted to find greater purpose, to experience more authenticity, creativity, freedom, and satisfaction in how they live and work. Let's build a new way of doing things. Welcome to episode six of the Creative Misfits Club. I'm Jessica, and today's episode is called Things Creative Misfits Do That Other People Don't Understand. It's a little bit of a different episode. It's a little bit a little bit sillier this week. I just thought it would be fun to sort of do a little listy thing, little game. But, you know, very candidly, a huge part of why I started this podcast is because well, yeah, I feel like a creative misfit, especially professionally. I personally do not relish having to work in this old and what feels like tired and constrained and unenlightened way of doing things that it feels like so much of the world is still working in. And frankly, that old paradigm doesn't really seem to want me either. So (laughs) I guess it's just as well. But the truth is it's it's kind of lonely sometimes. It's hard to feel like a misfit. It's hard to feel like a reject. It's hard to figure out how to forge your own professional path, one that hasn't really been done before or done that often. It's also hard to know, it's hard to feel like your real gifts are valuable and you know that they're amazing, but you struggle to get them seen or valued. And I know there are other creative misfits out there I know some, of course. I've also feel like I've made it my business to find those kind of people as sort of models for me. People like people who've carved a different way of doing things. They've carved an unlikely career for themselves or they're doing it in a totally different way and in fact they're being super successful doing it, doing what probably no one would have thought possible. And I personally just wanted to start a dialogue about all the ways that I feel like we're told we have to live and work that I personally just really don't believe in. And I felt like maybe if I started this conversation out in the open and this little corner of podcast land, maybe it would help me feel less alone. So in the spirit of lightness and humor, today's episode is a little sillier, a little goofier, just definitely a part of me that's in there somewhere. Sometimes it comes out. And I thought it would be kind of fun or funny to think of all the things that creative misfits do that other people don't understand, like a catalog of creative misfit weirdness. (laughs) Full disclosure, yes, some of these things are autobiographical, but not all of them. Some are from people that I've known or kids that I've known or taught or just my imagination. So the prologue is the kiddo edition, the creative misfit child. A list. Number one. The creative misfit child may dress every day in leopard or cat print everything and spend recess reading by herself rather than playing kickball with the other kids. She may go off on the swings by herself at school on the playground, perhaps singing to herself and get so completely immersed in her own world that she doesn't even notice everyone went back in from recess. Totally did that. 
Creative misfit children may construct entire narratives, including names, personalities, social lives, clothes, and accessories for imaginary animals, pets, or friends. Bonus points if the narrative goes on for months or years. Creative misfit children may, for example, memorize all the T.S. Eliot lyrics to cats at age 10. And yes, you get bonus points for still being able to recite them decades later. At Halloween, creative misfit kiddos may bypass the boringly expected costumes like ghosts or superheroes and head way out into left field, like, for example, vintage circus showgirls, the goddess of the moon, or Charles Dickens' ghost of Christmas past. Creative misfit children may answer the telephone as characters from their favorite picture books. Creative misfit teenagers may spend weekends baking or listening to music prior to 1960 and sitting at the typewriter writing while drinking out of a teacup instead of going out and partying. They may also do arabesques in the parking lot while closing the back hatch of the car or possibly recreate choreography from old musicals in the basement. Part two, the grown-up edition of things creative misfits do that other people don't understand. Creative misfits may, when flaming mad at someone, turn their pen into sword and write poison pen notes in limerick or sonnet form about said perpetrators. Creative misfits don't put words on walls at home like live, laugh, love. They have a mural of emerald malachite painted on the walls or they wallpaper the living room in 18th century red Indian floral chintz. Creative misfits at home while no one is watching are a funny bunch. They may pick a random page each day from Julia Child's cookbook and cook the corresponding recipe while listening to 1960s French pop. They may forest bathe in an old clawfoot tub placed outside or pour themselves a big bubble bath indoors and listen to Miles Davis or Mahler while eating Chex Mix from a teacup or drinking kombucha from a champagne flute while bathing. They may spend the whole day speaking to the dog in different accents, or they may sing Jellicle Cats to their cats while dancing around the house. And perhaps on a Sunday afternoon, they may get out all of their favorite childhood picture books and spend the afternoon lying in bed reading them all, or on more industrious days, Clean the house in a bikini top, cut-off jean shorts, striped socks, and clogs while blaring queen. Instead of going to the game on the weekend, you can find the creative misfit shopping flea markets to add to their vintage brooch collection, or baking elaborate cakes that look like spooky haunted houses, or gluing hundreds of abalone shells on a DIY mirror to recreate a piece by Tony Duquette. Even if stuck at home, creative misfits are still planning imaginary vacations, say, a 1930s ocean liner cruise vacation, complete with a wardrobe of hats, vintage dressing gowns, play suits for poolside, and evening gowns for every night. Now, creative misfits are likely not living in a modern white box of a house or condo. It may be a 1920s bungalow, a Victorian beauty with elaborate woodwork, a cabin in the mountains, or an adobe house with turquoise trim and original Spanish tile. Or they're dreaming of that one day. 
Creative misfits like to walk to the weekly farmer's market, but those of the paler variety may do so carrying a parasol instead of wearing a tank top and sunscreen. Creative misfits likely have many talents, interests, or passion projects that few understand, but they will be fiercely devoted to these endeavors. Such passions might be collecting and cataloging mid-century Kodachrome slides or hand-embroidering tambour embroidery on a white 1930s dress while watching old Poirot episodes, or photographing Rose still-life compositions every day for a month. Instead of a normal resume, creative misfits might write theirs in iambic pentameter. Creative misfits likely do not want to wear the plain and conservative teacher outfit or the buttoned-up suit at the office. In fact, they are likely the one to wear bright nail polish to the law firm meeting and then get told that perhaps they shouldn't. Creative misfits may squint in dismay at your typical LinkedIn bio lines and are more likely to list witchy wordsmith, purveyor of pyramid antiquities, or nocturnal news personality than something nauseating like impact architect. While supposed to be doing normal work at the office, like spreadsheets or PowerPoints, creative misfits are secretly writing poetry or plays at their desks, perusing surrealist painters, building playlists for picnics or parties, naming their plant collection, or sketching the perfect wardrobe of vintage mitered sundresses. Creative misfits will stubbornly write, design, build, and create things that few people understand and Many will even ridicule, simply because something internally tells them that they have to. If you tell them to zig, creative misfits will ask why. And if zigging doesn't feel right, they will zag, even if it gets them disliked or rejected. Creative misfits may have a distaste for following the safe and predictable paths, but this is also what makes them the ones who tend to push paradigms forward. Creative misfits are doggedly committed to their creations and their creativity, no matter the cost. The thing is, I think we all feel like a misfit in some way at some time. It might not be in these kind of creative or quirky variety, but... It's like somewhere at some point we've all felt like we're on the outside looking in. And I just think that creative misfits understand this feeling. But the thing is, it's like some of us are more staunchly committed to following our our wild, our authentic creative impulses than we are to conforming to the ways that we're told we're supposed to do things. And thank goodness for that. I think we need the misfits in this world. I think we need questioners I think we need change agents and renegades and rogues and weirdos. We need people willing to go against the grain. We need people to stubbornly say, no, I'm not going to do it the old way. I must do it a better way. And if that way doesn't exist, I will build a new way. In a world full of means to ends, of sacrifices and smallening, of things that don't ring true, of dumbing down to the lowest common denominator, of burying and sacrificing authentic self, of living in fear of the unknown, sometimes the bravest, most radical thing you can do is commit to fully being yourself, no matter if it's understood or not. Mm